You are listening to Audio Fanfic Podcast. House Call by Philip Paget on AO3. That's your costume, he says petulantly, and she walks under his arm into his apartment. What's wrong with my costume? She asks, one hand on her hip. He closes the door and looks her over. White lab coat, stethoscope draped around her neck, black nylons, heels on her feet. Whatever she has on underneath is short enough that it doesn't fall below the hem of the coat, so she could argue that it's a mildly sexy doctor costume. But she still put minimal effort in. It's not a costume, he argues, walking past her into the living room. You are a doctor. He catches his own reflection in the window and adjusts the butcher knife attached to his head. And putting on a headband and a little fake blood is groundbreaking creativity? She asks, stepping up behind him. It's not a headband, he says with a frown, turning to face her. It's a headband with a plastic knife glued to it, Mulder, she retorts, and he rolls his eyes. You ready to go then? Frohickey said we could get there any time after eight. I just need to use the bathroom, she says, already en route to his bathroom. Mulder sits on the arm of the couch and waits, wrinkling his nose at the way the fake blood feels tight and itchy on his skin. He hears the toilet flush and the sink turn on and off, and then the clip of her heels as she exits the bathroom. She steps around the corner with the clipboard in one hand, and he gives her a perplexed look as she steps up in front of him. Hello, Mr. Mulder. I'm Dr. Scully. What brings you in today? She looks at him expectantly, and his confusion deepens. What? He asks shortly, and she tucks the clipboard under her arm. I suspect the laceration on your head has something to do with it, she says, pushing up onto her tiptoes to try and see the top of his head. Do you mind? She asks, gesturing for him to lean forward. He does, and she gingerly feels around the headband, clucking her tongue in disapproval. How often does this happen, Mr. Mulder? She asks, all business, and he smiles as he understands. Would you believe me if I said I was saving a dozen orphans from a burning building and this knife fell on my head? He asks cheerily, and she gives him a stern look. No, I wouldn't, she says curtly. Remove your shirt, please. He laughs and she takes a step back, crossing her arms across her chest with the clipboard in one hand. This is funny to you? She asks, irritated. You may be moments away from going into hypovolemic shock. Sorry he says, his mouth contorting as he tries to stop smiling. He stands and begins to pull his shirt off over his head, and she sets the clipboard down and helps him maneuver it around the plastic knife before instructing him to sit back down. She takes his vitals, feeling his pulse and listening to his heart and lungs. She frowns and shakes her head as though dissatisfied with her findings, then begins to palpate his lymph nodes. He watches her, amused and curious, as she works her way down his chest, When she pinches his nipples between her thumb and forefinger, he startles and yelps, and her eyebrows lift. Does that hurt? She asks, and he's surprised to find himself blushing. No, it's just... they're sensitive. Hmm, she says in reply, her mouth downturned in a show of interest. She picks up her clipboard and makes a note, then returns it to the coffee table. And your pants, please, she says, gesturing towards his groin. 
You want me to take off my pants? He clarifies, and she sighs impatiently. Okay, okay. He acquiesces, standing and unbuckling his belt. He lets his jeans fall to the floor around his feet, and she looks at him and then his groin, and then back to his face. And your underwear? She says, as though it should have been plainly obvious. He suddenly feels nervous, but does as he's told. She steps forward, sliding her cool fingers around his scrotum and resting her other hand on his hip. He sucks in a sharp breath, feeling the skin of his ball sack tighten and blood begin to rush to his cock. It's a little embarrassing, just as it would be if it happened during a real exam, and she looks at him with a placating smile. Don't worry about it, Mr. Mulder. It happens all the time, she says with practiced clinical detachment. The fingers on his balls creep back to the smooth patch of skin just behind them, pressing firmly. Her other hand slides around to his ass cheek and gives it an experimental squeeze. Turn your head and cough, she says haughtily, and he scoffs. Scully. Dr. Scully, if you don't mind, she interjects with a commanding arch of her eyebrow. He complies, looking at the wall beside the couch and coughing twice as her fingers dig into his flesh. It doesn't feel bad. Not at all. She purses her lips and shakes her head, and her hand grazes over his scrotum and up the underside of his fully erect shaft before she wraps her fist around it and squeezes. I have bad news, Mr. Mulder, she says gently. I'm afraid there's only one course of treatment if we have any hope of saving your life. Oh, yeah? He says, his voice hitching when she pumps her fist once. Prostate massage, she tells him levelly, and he feels his face contort and his mouth fall open with surprise. The corner of her mouth quirks, and she bites her lip. Her nostrils flare as she tries to keep it together, but it's no use, and a burst of laughter escapes through her nose. Jesus, Scully, he says, relieved. Too far. She grins up at him, syrupy little giggles rumbling in her throat. You want to see the rest of my costume? She purrs, stroking him idly. If it's lube and a latex glove, no, he tells her, and she takes a step back. She slowly unbuttons her lab coat, her eyes flashing down to his dick as it falls open and reveals a set of very expensive-looking black lingerie made of lace and satin, complete with a garter belt attached to the tops of her thigh-high stockings. He lets out a low wolf whistle as he works his feet out of his pants and kicks them away, leaving him nude. Do you like my costume now? She asks, hands on her hips. He nods, stroking himself as his eyes rove over her body. I stand corrected, he says. Amazing costume, best I've ever seen. Now about that prostate massage, she says, stepping close and wrapping her hand around his. He pauses, looking at her sharply. You weren't serious. She smiles, running her hands up his torso and brushing her fingers across his nipples. He hums, arching into her. Maybe some other time, she says, and he breathes a sigh of relief. He pushes the lab coat off her shoulders and tosses the stethoscope to the floor, along with his butcher knife headband. 
then walks her slowly backward into his bedroom. She sits on the end of the bed and leans back, legs parted, and he groans. Scully, he says reverently, running his fingers over her pussy lips, which are exposed through a slit in the crotch of her panties. She's slick and swollen, and she drops back onto the bed and whimpers as he teases her, not quite entering nor touching her clit directly. He drops to his knees on the floor, tugging her forward by the tops of her thighs and running his tongue along the exposed slit. She dissolves, writhing and grabbing fistful of his hair. She's already so piqued, she must have been looking forward to this long before she arrived outside his door. He pushes his tongue inside and feels her clench around him, soaked and ready. They leave it all on, the bra and the panties, the garter and the stockings, even her heels. He hauls her further up the bed and settles himself between her thighs, sliding his cock over her slippery cunt until she wraps her legs around his waist and begs him. Please. His head spins when he slips inside her, her quivering cunt so close, so needy, the scratch of her panties against his skin electric. They almost always take their time, kissing and touching, edging close and backing off. But not tonight. They have somewhere to be, and she's impatient, clawing at his back and pushing her hips against his. He gives it his full effort, fucking her so hard and fast that his lower back burns, but the rapturous look on her face gives him the will to continue. She arches up off the bed, her mouth open but silent, and then she is gone, 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 pulling him under with her. They are loud, holding nothing back, and the neighbors pound on the wall. He slows with her, descending together until he's too soft to continue, and slips out, then collapses with half his weight on the bed beside her. Panting, buzzing, floating, they are quiet for a time. I'm surprised you're comfortable wearing that to the gunman's, he remarks drowsily. I'm not. I have a skeleton costume in my bag, she replies, petting his hair. He pushes up onto his elbow and looks at her. So that was all for show? He asks, surprised. She shrugs, a demure little smirk on her mouth. I think you've made some incorrect assumptions about me, Agent Mulder. She coos, running her hand over his bare shoulder. I think I have, he agrees. We'd better get going, she says, slowly sitting up and grimacing at the wet spot on the comforter. They dress and make their way across town, arriving outside the door of the gunman's as a skeleton and a whatever Mulder is supposed to be. After Langley has buzzed them in, and they're waiting for the final lock to pop open on the door, she turns to him, and he looks at her expectantly. I was serious about that prostate massage, she says coyly. Whenever you're ready. He doesn't get the chance to reply as she saunters inside, the vinyl pelvic bone affixed to her costume switching back and forth with her hips. If you like this story, please follow the link to the writer's page and leave some love. 
kudos, comments, or subscribe. They'll love hearing from you. Then you can head over to our Patreon page and contribute to Audio Fanfic Podcast. As a member, you are granted early access to one new story per month. That's www.patreon.com slash audiofanficpod. Thank you for listening, and remember, the stories are out there.